the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you. Find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we continue in a series called In This We Trust as Pastor Sean will give you practical advice and biblical wisdom when it comes to your finances. With the bottom line being, are you trusting God with everything? And the challenge is that what if you decide to join God in His plan to set your heart free from the fear of financial worry? It all begins with trust. Reallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. If you feel led right now to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do. There's a place to give at reallife.org. It's part two of the message called A Heart Set Free. Pastor Sean is teaching from Ecclesiastes chapter 2. And go ahead and put a marker in Matthew 23. It's time for Radio for Real Life. First time the tithe in its proper sense is actually mentioned is in Genesis chapter 14. Genesis 14 verse 20. Abraham has gone and rescued his nephew Lot and a bunch of other people from Sodom. And, and there's a bunch of spoils of war and all this. And he meets this very unusual person. We're only mentioned here in Genesis and then he's referred to in the book of Hebrews. His name is Melchizedek. He's called the priest of the Most High God. He's also called the king of Salem. Very unusual person. A lot of people believe it's a pre-incarnation manifestation of Christ. But regardless, this Melchizedek comes, and here's what Melchizedek says. Blessed be God, Most High, who delivered your enemies in your hand. Then Abraham gave him, Melchizedek, a tenth of everything. A tithe. That's what a tithe means. It means one-tenth. Moses When God gave him the law, wrote this down, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. This is a biblical principle that was encoded with God's people. In fact, you remember Cain and Abel, where somehow we don't even know why Cain's offering wasn't received, but they brought the produce of their work as an offering to the Lord. This is a biblical principle that has been long before. We're going to talk more. We'll read some other scriptures about the tithe. But I want you to see in the New Testament, Jesus addressed the tithe. He said, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. He's actually bringing a word of correction because they have used the tithe as an excuse to really fall down on some big heart issues. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin. In other words, they, they would never not tithe because of its importance. He said, but you've neglected the more important matters of the law. Think of things like justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Jesus says you should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. The Apostle Paul, when he's establishing these churches, he talks about this. Look look at what he says. He says, now, this is 1 Corinthians 16, 1-3. Now, about the collection for God's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, Each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income. These are Gentile believers. He doesn't use the word tithe, but he's talking about the tithe, this proportional income. 
this proportional giving, a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then when I arrive, I will give letters of introduction to the men you approved and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. This idea was consistent before the law, all throughout the scriptures. See, the tithe is a tenth. It was for the care of the priests, the ministry of worship for the house of God. They funded worship celebrations that were a critical part of Israel's development. It was for the poor and needy, benevolence ministry. Some people try to dismiss the law saying, uh, just dismiss the tithe saying, well, it was just the law and that, that we're not under the law like that anymore. And they're wrong. Abraham was before the law. Cain and Abel gave, brought their gifts before the law. This was encoded in how God dealt with his people. I heard one pastor say it this way. He said, he said Abraham commenced the tithe. Moses commanded it. Jesus commended the tithe. Paul continued the tithe. And who the heck do you think you are to cancel the tithe? That's pretty good. And that's a lot of alliteration. He gets a lot of preacher points for that. I mean. But it's true. I want to stop and just take a moment and um, just address kind of the elephant in the room when it comes to this. Because there have been a lot of people who have experienced bad teaching in regard to this issue. A lot of times it's been used for manipulation or a a club to beat you over the head with. I want to say on behalf of ministers everywhere, I'm sorry if that has been your experience. It's not supposed to be that way. That is not the way the Word presents it. That is not the way the Word presents our Heavenly Father. And this is one of the most transformative, powerful principles in all of Scripture. And I've seen so many people's lives radically change and their faith skyrocket because of beginning to walk in this principle, and trust the Lord in this area. And so I, I, as your pastor, who loves you and cares about you, I have to share this with you, and I'm kind of excited to share it with you. Because I know what God has in store if you haven't been walking in this principle, and you begin to. See, here's the main point. If you're taking notes, write it down. The covenant of the tithe is God's gift to set and keep my heart free. To set and to keep my heart free. Just because my heart gets set free once, you realize there's a constant onslaught of things trying to detour my heart, distract my heart, take the place that only belongs to God in my heart. The tithe, the covenant of the tithe is God's gift to set and to keep my heart free. It is a powerful principle. I've shared this with thousands of people, and I can't tell you how many have come back and, and just talked to me about how God used this to totally take them to a different place spiritually because they saw him, his work, and his involvement, his provision differently. A couple things that the tithe will teach us. First, the tithe declares my trust in God as my provider. It declares my trust in God as my provider. It's one thing to say, hey, that's Matthew 6 teaching is awesome, and God is my provider. Okay, God's my provider. The tithe is a little different. It takes it to the next level. Because the tithe is where I actually act on it. I act on this idea that I trust him and I believe him and I am going to respond. And I believe that he will provide for me better than I can provide for myself. That's the principle. Look at how Malachi says it. Malachi chapter 3, beginning of verse 8. This is the Lord speaking through the prophet. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. And you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. Now, I want you to note the distinction between these two things. Tithe is the tenth. Offerings are something else, something additional. Okay? How do we rob you? 
in tithes and offerings. You're under a curse. Make note of that. The whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Note that phrase. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. Now, if you are a student of the Bible, maybe you've studied and you've read some different passages, that phrase should kind of cause your ears to perk up a little bit. Test me in this, says the Lord. Because you remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by Satan, taken up to a high pinnacle, the enemy said, hey, Scripture says if you jump off, God won't allow your foot to be hurt. So jump off. See what happens. And Jesus said, the Scripture also says, you shall not put the Lord your God to test. He's quoting from Deuteronomy. He's quoting from the law. What's interesting is this is a God-given, God-ordained exception to that command, not to test him. In this one, God says, no, no, I want you to test me. I want you to try this. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not, look at the language, I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you'll not have enough room for it. Now, I don't know exactly what specifically that means, but it sounds pretty good to me. I'm, I'm on board. He he uses big language, throw open, not eke out. The floodgates, you know, like my dad's wallet when I was a kid asking for money. And like my wallet when my kids were asking for money. Yeah, God's not like that, okay? God's not like that. See, I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing. This is God's design and his desire to bless us. That you will not have room enough for it. That'd be a great place to be. And by the way, that's his plan. He wants you not to have room enough for it. He wants to give you so much that not only are you blessed and have what you need, but that now you have enough to share. Now that you can be a blessing. See if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you'll not have enough room for it. And secondly, and this is really important as well, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your field will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. You understand, sometimes the best money on a car is the money I don't have to spend, right? The car I don't have to buy because mine's still doing great. The car I don't have to fix because mine is still running. The doctor bill I don't have to pay because God kept me healthy. That's what he's talking about. Now, to an agrarian people, they understood exactly what he's saying. Pests do devour your crops. He said, not only will I pour up additional blessing on you, but I will protect what you have so that it is not consumed. It is not destroyed. Then all the nations, and I want you to see this because this is always a part of God's design and his plan. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. It's not just about us. It's about God wants the entire nation to see his character, the, the nations to see his character. He wants us to see who he is. He wants us to know what he is about. He wants people to look at your life and go, man, their God must be awesome. Look how free they are. Test me in this. It's the only time that God says that. God wants to provide, and he wants to provide abundantly. And I stand firmly on the scripture when I say this. Now, again, don't, don't read into this. I'm not saying God wants everyone to be filthy rich. I am not saying that. Because the scripture doesn't say that. But I confidently say God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to prosper. And he wants you to have plenty to meet all your needs. And then left over so that you can be generous. 
And so that you can be a person who no longer is focused only on my needs, but you are now a person who can be generous. And all of a sudden, when you see something and you go, wow, man, somebody should do something about that. And all of a sudden you recognize, oh, wait a minute. I have some resources. I can do something about that. Lord, you want me to do something about that? Okay. Lord, here's some of your resources because I'm a steward. Here's some of your resources over here. Thank you, Lord. He wants you to be able to have enough to meet all your needs and not have to worry, not have to fear. Literally that point where he says, so much that you can't contain it. Lord, no more. I'm full. Isn't that a great place to be? And Lord, thank you. Now you've given me enough to be a blessing and to give. You see, God wants to provide, and he wants to provide abundantly. And here's what he's saying with the tithe. And I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this clearly. God is saying, test me, because I can bless you more with 90% than you can with 100%. I will do more. I can multiply it more. I can bless you more with 90% than you can bless with 100%. Do you understand what God is doing here? He is offering us the opportunity to prove his faithfulness with math. Isn't that great? Man, I like math. And it's one of those things that it, it's so, I've seen this be so powerful in people's lives. When they begin to tithe, and it's like, okay, mathematically, I have less. I don't understand why at the end of the month I was fine and I actually had a little more. And then the second month, same thing. Third month, okay, this is technically impossible because I know math. And what you're seeing is the power of God at work in your life, in your finances, and in your family. That's a game changer. And we want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called A Heart Set Free. The series is called In This We Trust, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And if you've been blessed by this teaching and ministry, please let us know with a quick note, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry encourage others. Find the Give tab at reallife.org. And if you'd like to visit River City Community Church, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And now the conclusion to the message, A Heart Set Free. This is radio for real life. Now, whenever I talk about this, I know there are those of you sitting here going, oh yeah, well this is a non-starter, Sean. You know, this is not practical. Because I'm not making it on what I got. I don't have enough. I wish I had, I wish I had that 10% left over to tithe. I wish I could do it. I can't do it. I can't afford it. I can't afford to do what I got. 10%, there's no way. There is no way. I just want to tell you, there's a very simple solution to that. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, look what it says. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first, first fruits of all your crops. The first fruits, not the leftovers. The first fruits of all your crops. 
Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will be bringing over the new wine. Wait a minute, Lord, they won't be filled because I gave away. God says, no, no, try it. <laughs> Honor the Lord with the first fruits. Here's the secret to you. If you're saying, if you're saying, um, I can't afford to tithe, there's no way I can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. Yes, you can, because we all make 100% of our pay. Tithe first. There's your answer. You're like, oh, but I'll never make it. This is, the, this is where the step of faith comes in. This is where you are testing God. This is where you are saying, God, okay. Because God, if you don't come through, um, okay, we're going to get evicted, God. Or, okay, great, I'm going to lose the car, God. God might be saying, yeah, you need to lose the car. We'll talk about that in another deal. Okay? <laughs> God might be saying, I'm doing you a favor on that one. See, the secret is tithe first. You say, Lord, I'm putting myself, it, that's why it's a covenant. It is this covenant of understanding. I trust you to do more with 90% than I could do with 100. Lord, I'm going to prove your faithfulness with math in my resources. I am going to put my life in your care. And Lord, if you don't come through, I'm in trouble. And I would stop and challenge you. If that's the case, you're already in trouble. And God is saying, I want to I do something for you. See, this comes down to what I really believe. So many of my financial decisions can be out of, fa- of fear instead of faith. The tithe is a powerful way to direct my heart, and every time I'm paid, I get to discipline my heart and say, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. God, you are my provider. God, you are my provider. Every single time, if you're paid twice a month, twice a month, you step up to the plate and say, God, I'm yours. And it is powerful. And just find some tithers. Lori and I have tithed since the day we got married. And, you know, at first... Okay, now we wouldn't miss it. We don't, I don't even think about it. it. It's just a part of what we do. That first few, when I moved out on my own, my mom's like, well, remember, you got to tithe. Ooh, tithe. 10%, that's a lot. And you need to know, based on what I was making, it was not a lot. But it felt like a lot to me. Are you kidding me? I knew it. I knew the teaching. Like, oh, God, Mom, now you're, now you're meddling. She's like, I'm a mom. It's what I do. And the first time, I was like, oh, God. And I made it through a month, and I was okay. Second time, oh, this is hard. Third time, a little easier. Fourth time, it's like, wow, God, you really are meeting my needs. And I see you tangibly doing more with 90% than I could do with 100. Which, of course, makes sense. He is the omnipotent, uh, omniscient God, right? But when you see it, very powerful. And, And what happens is your heart begins to trust him And that transfers into every other area of my life. In my marriage, I trust him with some of those steps of obedience he's asking me to take. I trust his word more than how I feel. My business, I trust his principles rather than what the competitors are doing and what the the trade magazines say I have to do just to stay ahead. I trust him because I proved him mathematically with the tithe. It changes you as a person. That wayward kid that I'm praying for and thinking about and all of a sudden, God gives you direction. You trust him because you proved him mathematically through the tithe. See, the covenant of the tithe is God's gift to set and to keep my heart free. Second, very powerful idea, the tithe displays my place in Christian community. It displays my place in Christian community. See, the tithe is a statement, commitment, and calling of community. It was always given in the context of the community. It was never an independent thing. That's why in Malachi, he says the storehouse. Bring your whole tithe in the storehouse. Your tithe belongs in the storehouse. For us as New Testament Christians, that storehouse is our church, our Christian community. It's our mission. We're responsible for it. That's where our tithe goes. Offerings are out of the rest of the 90%. We can give offerings to different things as the Lord prospers us and as he moves on our heart. Because it's all his, remember? 
100% is his, but the tithe is holy. And it belongs in your Christian community. I'm telling you, one of the problems is we seek independence, financial independence, and also relational independence. And the tithe is anti-independence. It is dependence and codependence in in community. We depend on one another, interdependence. Offerings are, are ours to do as the Lord moves our heart individually. The tithe goes in our community. It's, a, it's this idea of submitting to the Christian community, to the Lord's direction with my finances. And I've talked to people and say, well, I give my tithe to different works and different ministries. That is for offerings. I have pe- people tell me, well, do you tithe? Well, I, I tithe-ish. I tithe-ish. Yeah, 10% is pretty specific. There is no tithe-ish. Either you do or you don't. And your tithe belongs in your Christian community, your church. Does that missionary that you support, and I believe we should support missionaries, or that nonprofit, that radio program, that ministry, or that cause, do they provide you with a center and facilities for you and your family to go to? Will they be the ones to meet with you when you're in trouble, to visit you when you're sick? Are they the ones leading ministries for you to share in the community? See, the New Testament pattern of giving was always to give in community. Remember what Paul said, 1 Corinthians 16, 3? He said, I'll give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. He didn't say, take your 10%, take your tithe, and you give it wherever you want, and then that's cool. No, he talked about doing that in community. Acts chapter 4, 34 and 35 says, there were no needy persons among them. So from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them. They brought the money from the sales, and they put it at where? The apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone as he had need. It was always given in community to be administered by the leadership, the selected leadership within that community. And I think a lot of us, sometimes we want to avoid that accountability and that, you know, well, you know, I don't, uh, I, I don't, I don't trust, I don't trust the church, so I just give my tithe my own. And, and that makes me insane, you know, when people say, oh, I don't trust the church, so I don't tithe to my church. I, 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 I just take care of it on my own. I don't trust the church with my money. I don't know, I don't trust what they'll do. And then they drop their kids off in our children's ministry. That's messed up. That's really messed up. See, it's an excuse, isn't it? And by the way, if you don't trust your church to do well with your tithes, find another church. I promise you, this fellowship, this fellowship works really hard to squeeze a dollar out of every dime when it comes to the resources that God gives us. We do a lot off of the tithes and offerings that our people give. People ask me, how much of your budget goes to missions? 100%, that's how much. 100% goes to more people living real life but passionately following Jesus. That's why we get up in the morning. That's why we exist. And let me tell you something. That statement that was made, River City is you. It's me. We're River City. River City isn't some organization out there. It's not funded by like some donor base that we don't know about. You know who it's funded by? Us. God has prospered us, and he has called us to this mission, to our community and beyond. We minister all over the world. We have real-life Christian assistance, where we have a whole building over on the other side of the campus that has food, clothes for the poor, and we regularly distribute that. We have a school that we support that is doing an incredible job discipling young people. We have ministries all over the city and around the, that extend beyond. We partner with international partners. All of that happens through us, our tithes, and our offerings. The covenant of the tithe is God's gift to set and keep my heart free. And I need it. And last, the tithe demonstrates my role as a steward. 
It's a regular reminder. My father owns it all, and I enjoy the freedom to use it as a steward. I enjoy the freedom to use that 90% as God leads and directs and as I, to, to pay for my expenses, to live my life, care for my family, to be generous. We'll talk more about that next week on how to actually work with that part. But my father owns it all, and the tithe's a regular demonstration. I am a steward. I am a son. I am a daughter. He is mine. It's an act of worship and submission. It's an act of faith, trust, and regular dependence. Lord, I trust you. And I tithe as an act of commitment and calling. Lord, I'm a part of this fellowship. I'm called to this mission. That's why I tithe here. Lord, it's all yours. How would you have me use it? How would you have me use it? That's the prayer of a steward. as modeled by the act of tithing. The covenant of the tithe is God's gift to set and keep my heart free. So I just want to ask you, how are you doing when it comes to that issue of financial fear? I just want to encourage you to ask the Lord, Lord, if there's fear in my heart, I pray that you would sort through that and help me to be free. And I want to issue a challenge that I have issued to every single group I've talked to about this issue, every time. And I've seen just tons of people just share testimonies of God setting them free and God doing crazy stuff because they began to tithe. If you're not, maybe it's fear, maybe it's, well, I didn't, whatever, whatever the reason, I want to challenge you to try it for 90 days and see what God does. It's long enough for you to see, okay, this isn't a coincidence. Try it for 90 days. And then I encourage you to keep tithing the rest of your life. Put your finances under the canopy, the the covering of God's blessing. And watch what he does. Catch a glimpse of the windows of heaven, the floodgates that he wants to open. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series, in this we trust, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And there, if you're able to bless back, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue and bless others. Again, look for the Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park with service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Radio for Real Life is a ministry of River City Community Church, and we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.